VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You're listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech athletics podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. This is your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? Hey, I, I need one of these tack lights. With these tack light max have, did you watch the commercial while we were rolling in if i, I actually thought it was I was frozen for a second no no yeah, it's, was, it's it was on no it's great it's um if you lightly lightly run over it with the outer edge of a very low psi monster truck tire it will not break i guess let's uh pick it up where we left off <laughs> Well, yeah, we could we could skip all the Maglite stuff, or whatever that was. Taclite, Taclite Express. I'm sure it, uh, it's supposed to boost your testosterone too. I'll have to ask a uh, Doug Flutie if uh, Total T and Mag Tac Taclite Maglite, not Maglite, Taclite. <laughs> They're uh, simpatico. Um, <clears throat> Baylor game ongoing. Uh, it is a two-point Baylor lead, although it feels insurmountable, Michael. Back it does. and forth nonsense. It, it feels inevitable, like it's going to just be a disaster. Like we're we're being sustained in this game because Baylor can't hit the broadside of a barn. But here we are messing around. 12 minutes to go, Tech Tech down only by two. No Warren Washington. Didn't even make the trip, as far as I know, due to illness. Coach McAsland barely hanging on on the sideline due to illness. Uh, that was a story which we weren't really aware of when we recorded our instant reaction this, this past Saturday. That was apparently except, a big story. Except that uh, Lamar Washington was out because he was right. sick. That, that was it. That was really the only um, indication, but then there were a lot of there was a lot of speculation that the entire team had was suffering to some something. extent. Yeah, I'm suffering to some extent. Got yeah. my head cold. You are. You doing okay? No, I'm fine. I feel fine. Need some need some saltines and some sprite. I need redwood guards to stop throwing the freaking ball into the stands. Unforced <laughs> turnover. Kerwin Walton, what the F, my dude? Actually, I have to admit that um, I was afraid that I was causing the the bandwidth issues, so I've turned off the game. So I only no, have the it stats on. It wasn't you. It was uh, the stupid board glitched out oh. again. It's back up it, in record time. I'm, I'm ahead. So the third iteration of this podcast board, still dealing with the same issue. Two different computers, three boards, tie game. <laughs> We're all no, on it. You're, you're fine. It wasn't you. <laughs> it was, it just it did a little glitched out. Anyways, got the game up. Um, 
It's a sickness game. If Texas Tech somehow wins this game, it will be flu game level infamy here. Um, or I can, infamy is the wrong word, but so we're we're watching that as it goes down. We'll get to our instant reaction. We'll 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 pipe in instant instant reaction of things happen like when Curran Walton throws the ball away or when um, Chance McMillan drives and gets a, a good little bunny to fall to tie the game. That's nice. Um, your rebounding is trash. You, you knew what, yeah. you knew it was going to be when you're missing your your, your seven footer. Uh, on a team that already struggles to rebound. Um, but, yeah, you, it's been a thing. It's, yeah. Anyways, so that's going on. We're going to jump ahead. We're going to do, uh, we're going to preview the UCF game this upcoming Saturday, the 10th, and then get back to instant for tonight. So uh, UCF, <clears throat> excuse me, 13 and 8. Four and five in Big Twelve play. Um, Ken Palm, sixty-eighth best team in the country. Adjusted offense, one eighty-seven. So not good. Adjusted defense, ten. Pretty good. And tempo, one thirty-three. Um, Haslametrics has them at seventy-third and gives you a almost an eight-point projected margin of victory here back at the United Supermarkets Arena. Uh, there'll be 3 p.m. Saturday, ESPN Plus. They did just defeat Oklahoma at home by 11. Um, they aren't playing now or this week. They get this is their little midweek bye, so they'll get a full week off. Um, yeah, we'll be off for the week. So if they had any illnesses running through the team, uh, they'll they'll get that chance to to recover. Um, players to watch Michael Jalen Sellers averaging more than 17 points per game and Darius Johnson more than 13 points per game yeah there weren't a ton of offensive highlights to pull from on this team you you know I think the thing that worries me the most is that adjusted defensive rating I mean the number 10 that's nothing to sneeze at Uh, in the big 12 they are averaging uh, 65 points allowed per game, which is third in the conference. Uh, Houston, of course, is insane, and they're averaging 54 points, uh, given, giving their opponents only 54 points a game. Iowa State, number two with 62 points, and then UCF, number three with 65. So, uh, you know, this Tech offense has struggled a little bit, but hopefully coming back home after – this you know you know this road stretch is is going to be a good shift for them hopefully they'll be full strength again um and i i i know this is the type of thing that'll come back to bite me but i'm not as concerned with UCF's offense as i am with their defense i i, I do think they they can be disruptive you're seeing what Baylor can do to tech right now uh on on turnovers forcing good players to make bad passes um yeah you know, jumping, jumping in, into passes, getting, getting those turnovers. Um, so I, I do think that that's something that I'm a little bit concerned with, but it, it could be an ugly game. I, I feel like this might be one of those 55 to 50 kind of games. 
We'll see though. Yeah, so Baylor's averaging turning uh, the opponent over 13.3 times per game. Texas Tech through about three quarters of the game has turned it over eight times. So they are on, on track there to turn it over right around Baylor's average. <clears throat> UCF forcing 15 turnovers per game. Um, but they also turn the ball over a ton themselves, more than 13 turnovers per game. Uh, their assist to turnover ratio is under one. Yeah, Michael. I think so. since we've been keeping track of that this season, I think that's only happened one other time, and I can't remember who the team was. Yeah, they are zero point nine. Texas Tech, Baylor one point four, Kansas one point seven, BYU I think was the, the two point zero, UCF zero point nine. Not good. But they are scoring seventy two points per game, giving up sixty five. Texas Tech before tonight, scoring 77, giving up 68. Uh, UCF shoots only 41.5% from the field. Texas Tech shoots 46. Uh, UCF, like, pretty close in terms of, like, what they allow teams to shoot because their their own offensive output is so low. But they allow teams 40.3 points. Excuse me, 40.3%. Texas Tech allows 42.6. Uh Texas Tech defense is not not where, where it has been, but um, UCF, not a three-point shooting team. They're not good at 32.6%, uh, but they allow teams to shoot 33. Uh, they get to the free throw line a ton. Like Baylor, Kansas State, um, they average more than 22 free throw attempts per game. Texas Tech, about 19.5. They're shooting about 71% from the lines. Texas Tech, almost 78%. Um, pretty good rebounding team, almost 39 rebounds a game. Yeah. If they could limit their own turnovers, like that would be significant. They'd, they'd probably be winning a lot more games, but they, like I said, they turn the ball over themselves 13 times a game, force 15 turnovers a game. Texas Tech averaging, turning it over 10 and a half times, turning the opponent over 12 times. So, um, your offense versus their defense, I think, is, is where the matchup is. Um, well, did I say that right? Or was that backwards? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know what point you're trying to make. <laughs> if, if your defense can hold them to their average, you're going to win this game. Yes. I agree. I mean, I, I think this is a really, it's a really good matchup for an ugly game. Yeah. Like you said, 50 to 55 game. Yeah. I mean, but 55, 50, but in, you know, Haslam's got tech winning 72.8 to 65. I, I don't know about that. I mean, who am I to question this guy? But that, that just seems awfully high to me. But I, I do think Tech will b- bounce back, but it's not going to be an easy feat, especially if if they're not full strength. Uh, but, you know, the fact that they're at home is is going to help a lot. And, you know, they may be coming off a big road win. They're tied right now, 10 minutes left, 51 against no, Waco. A, against Waco. It's the running, um, that's it. I, I can't. It's the running joke for the rest of the podcast. The Waco Bears. I, I hate how this is. 
has nothing to do with anything besides just hate the timing of it. Every it feels like every time ESPN flashes up, oh Baylor's gone four minutes without a field goal. <laughs> Splash three. I wish they did the thing. Happened. I wish they did the thing that they had before the before the first half was over. It was Baylor has only scored one basket in seven minutes or something. I feel like that's less of a jinxy thing. It's like, okay, well, yeah, they've scored, but it's only been one in the last seven minutes. So they're they're not gonna jinx it too much. As opposed to, oh, they haven't scored at all. I'm with you. Yeah, I was worried this was gonna happen because the the first half Baylor just shot so poorly, especially in the first eight minutes, and it just seemed like that's not going to be sustainable. And Tech shot lights out in that first stretch, and it just we might be seeing the the inevitable, as you mentioned when we got started. Ah, Pop throws a a really bad pass to Chiron Lindsay. Lindsay's ankles because he's three feet from him and he like fires it from the surface of the moon at his feet. I always hated when guards did that. Guards did that to me all the time. They'd throw it at my shins and then look at me like I'm an idiot for not catching it. Like my guy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. This isn't going to work. Tyron Lindsay, like grow some nuts, dude. What the hell did you just do? You just let this dude dunk right over you. Easy. Easy on Lindsay. He's played like 18 minutes of his career. <laughs> if I mean, I understand, I understand depth issues. Like you're, you're forcing him in, into action, but like, dude, put your hands up or something. He just stood there. You let the seven footer who can't who can't handle the basketball drive around you like like it was a Sunday afternoon, man. You just watched well, it happen. His, well, he didn't want to get his foul. He's already got four. We're doing, we don't got a lot of don't got a lot of guys left. Fouls. Yes. Good lord, dude. Jennings is on the bench right now with four, and Lindsey has four. Those are our bigs, man. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna finish this game with five freaking guards, probably, and and each one of them is gonna throw the ball into the stands because <laughs> that that's what our guards do. 11 turnovers, 11 and the three minutes we've talked about it. They've committed three more turnovers. I feel like Lindsay was coached on that to not foul out. Like there's, there's nine minutes left. Do not get your fifth foul right now. You kind of, maybe they knew that. That's probably why they drove some on kind it. of resistance. <laughs> he did deep bump chests. I, mean, I, I can tell you, if, if there was a seven-footer <laughs> coming at me, I would just still be on the ground right now. <laughs> oh, I tripped. I tripped on... Uh, yeah, yeah, you got to check those boards. Those boards are tricky. There's a nail. Well, you and I may be above average human beings. Like, we would be short men on, on the on the. Court oh, yeah. Just about every night of the, every night of the week. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, oh, I go nearly well, six-foot-four. And that would be a, a, a fairly decent sized guard. <laughs> I'm glad Joe is. I'm glad Toussaint's shooting again. I, I'm fine with it. I support this. You can't you, score you're okay if you hit, don't hitting shoot. off. Oh my gosh! Are you are you, are you sure you stand behind <laughs> that, that sentiment? Okay, that one was bad. 
it's a little wide right. That you didn't even hit the right. the box, man. Well, I don't. I, don't, I, I think I think it hit the rim. guard play is just deteriorated <laughs> before our eyes. Well, maybe they're still sick. Maybe it wasn't the best idea to start recording before this was over. <laughs> uh, okay, so Baylor's on a nice little seven zero run um, in the last two and a half minutes. Since I since I alluded to, well, you know, maybe they'll come back to Lubbock after beating the Waco Bears. Um, not great. And that's a blocking foul on the floor. So he doesn't even get to shoot. And we're not in the bonus yet. What is happening? Or is that a timeout? Okay. So UCF... <laughs> Yeah, I I'm very focused they're, on. They're UCF. good defensively. They're they're yeah, good they're, defensively. I think if you can if you can get your guys healthy again and rest it up a little bit, one it's gonna be difficult because you you've been playing back to back games now with a depleted roster, so guys are taking on extra minutes. They've been sick. They're recovering. You'll be going against a team that was able to rest for a couple extra days. Um, what you have in your favor is that you'll be back home. Hey. Um, is this a, is this going to be uh, an elevation problem? Golden Knights just aren't used to it, man. They're going to come in here, I mean, huffing and puffing, going, just like just like the football team did, man. They had no idea. They're going from they're going from zero to thirty three hundred, baby. Get get ready. We should can we put that above every sign at the United Supermarkets Arena? I mean, Welcome to thirty three hundred feet, baby. <laughs> As significant it was when the football team went to Laramie. It is. I wonder if they're going to get here three days early and and acclimate to the to the elevation. I wonder what they do when they go to BYU. My goodness, man, spend the whole week probably they probably drive there so that they can slowly. Anyway, Let's see. Uh, <laughs> did they petition the Big Twelve to put them in in Utah? Like if they're gonna if they're gonna have to play Utah and BYU. Uh, on the road in the same season, did they just petition like let's just do that back to back? I don't want to. I don't want to acclimate twice. Well, I like, wonder because the women play. It's interesting how this works out sometimes. Like um, you know, Tech hosted Cincinnati, but the women went to Cincinnati, and then the men and women both play UCF here on Saturday. I, I just wonder how the logistics of that worked. I I, also, I just wonder why that doesn't happen more often. Like why the teams don't fly together? Yeah, maybe TV, I would imagine, has something to do with it. But it just seems to make too much sense. To try you know what doesn't make together. sense, Michael? Tell me. Other Big 12 things that don't make sense? <laughs> the fact that we've been, uh, we, collective Big 12 fans, have been, Complaining about officiating. I saw an article today, Michael, that said the Big 12 is starting to grade officials. It is 2024. We've been complaining about this for years. Coaches have been getting hundreds of thousands of dollars in fines. Where that money goes, I would also like to talk to you about that. (laughs) What is the Big 12? What what are they doing with this? Because I feel like... I bet if the coaches uh, could could pull together for for half a second, uh, let's say like Thursday morning, like a coaches conference call, like, "Hey guys, 
the Big 12 has co- collectively fined us like $150,000 this week. Like, let, let, let's figure out where that money is going. Let, let, let's, let's see if we can petition them to, uh, I don't know, uh, do something productive with them. What does the conference do with, with coaches' fines, Michael? One, I wonder what that is. Two, like, can we can we get some some accountability? Like, hey, let's 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 put that towards officiating training or a, a better system, or you go out and pay refs better so you can get better refs. Well, or an accountability system. I, I listened to a really interesting podcast recently that had an NBA referee on it, and I'm doing the man a disservice for forgetting his name. But the name of the podcast is people I mostly admire. It's one of the Freakonomics guys. This guy, the guy's first name was Mark. Anyway, introdu- uh, he just kind of fell in love with refereeing and ended up being an NBA referee and has been for uh, since the 90s, I believe. So he's been in it for 20 plus years. And he was talking about all the accountability that they go through. And they get sent all these analytics. So other people watch and analyze their games and analyze their calls. And then they review their calls and then they look at them and they have meetings before the games and talk about, you know, something that happened the previous game that, that they need to work on. And it's nuts. I mean, this is like, it's a full-time job aside from actually being on the court and traveling, you know, prepping for these games and, and constantly reviewing yourself and, People can gripe about NBA officiating, I guess, and everybody will, but there's a lot of checks and balances there. And it seems like maybe that's where conferences should start looking at. I mean, it's it's a it's a pretty good model from what I could tell. It's probably overkill almost based on what he said. But it was very run, interesting. By the way. Oh, twelve oh? Oh, I'm behind. Clank. Yep. Four Baylor guys. How am I somehow, behind? They defend. Oh, it's about to go up to 16. What in the world happened? It says I'm a... No. Did I miscount? Is your score 64-51? Yeah, but it was 51-51. There for a while. No. Oh. It was. There was at one point the game was tied. I remember saying, oh, look, tie game. Yeah. Since so it's thir- then. It's 13-0. Well, it's 15-2, yeah. 15-2 run. There you go. Let's see. How long did that take? Ah, we... we, we <laughs> Scoring. Uh, run tracker. Three minutes, 24 seconds. 15-2 run was over 445. No, 350. I've got a three minute fifty second elapsed time. Thirteen oh run for Baylor. I love this for us, man. We knew it was coming. Uh it, it was uh, messing around and, and being tied. Uh we're like, this is and then Yeah, this doesn't feel good. Not a good place to be. Yeah, they're following first half- UCF. Baylor's first half. Sorry. They shot. They still are bad at threes. 
right now. Oh, no, they're not. They're 66% from three in the second half. They were 23% in the first. They've already made almost more threes in the second half than they did the first. Anyway, uh, so after UCF, should we talk about... Oh, wait, I I want to bring up one thing about the Baylor game. This camera angle is fine. What is everybody griping about? We just like to rag on the I think Waco Bears. It's so like it's high and close to the court. Yeah, it's fine. I can see everything. It's actually kind of nice because of ESPN's gigantic ass score ticker. I can see all <laughs> 10 players the whole time because of the angle. If there's someone in that bottom corner, you might only see their head. But but since they think it's 1997 and we need to know that the Magic lost to the Heat 121 to 95 right now, like we can't look that up. It's it's kind of nice. The Warriors play at the 76ers Wednesday 7:30 Eastern on ESPN. <laughs> Got bailed out there. Good gravy. Um. Oh, come on. Did, did you see Kelvin Sampson's ejection tonight? No, I heard about it, though. I was listening to the radio right. guys right before the game started, and they were kind of talking through it live because they, they didn't have enough info, but they were just saying, yeah, and speaking of ejections, looks like Kelvin Sampson just got ejected up by 25, <laughs> whatever. So what, what happened, happened with that? was, uh, so Houston had the ball. Uh, one of their guards had it out past the three. Uh, and they were th- throwing the ball around trying to find a, a good look. Their big inside got like, he just got like knocked over. And it was like a bad, like pushing the back. Oh, no, no, no. Oklahoma State had the ball. Houston was on defense. Oklahoma State threw it in, or as as they were about to throw it in to their big inside, he, he pushed the, the Houston defender, like shoved him down. Um no call. Oklahoma State makes the 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 easy bucket. Calvin Sampson comes running onto the court. Like as soon as you saw like you saw him in frame, like he's he's going to be ejected. This is it. Like, he this was is it. <laughs> because he he see he came from the other side of the court. Okay, so like the Houston bench is on the left. Oklahoma State was scoring to the right. So he came across half court from his coaching box all the way into where the, the Baylor bear head logo is on their floor. Like he came oh all the gosh. way there and was like screaming in an official's face. The official he passed teed him up and the guy that didn't make the call teed him up and then ejected him. My camera is not focusing anymore. I was gesticulating too much with my hands. And I was like, Kind of feel like 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 a, like a dick move. Like you're up by twenty. Like what what's the big deal? But also with the week that Big Twelve refs have had, like like you just you you need to like continue to to <laughs> to share the message, right? You need to continue to say like it doesn't matter if we're going to win this game by by thirty. Yeah, y'all can't continue to be 
incompetent and and jack around and and maybe a player gets hurt because you don't know what you're doing. Well, yeah, you've got to protect your guys. Absolutely. So I, I appreciate that. I wish, excuse me, I kind of wish he'd stayed in the court longer. He, he was very quick to, <laughs> to, 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 to say like his two or three lines and like beelines it off the court. I was like, man, like, like pull a, pull a, oh, I'm blank on his name. The, the manager for the Astros. I was about to say Chris Beard lay on the court and no, that was embarrassing. No, the, um, I'm stuck on dusty Hannes, dusty Baker. <laughs> okay. So when, when he got ejected, dusty in the Hannes world, uh, famous, famous Houston Astro shortstop. <laughs> yeah. No, when dusty Baker got ejected in the ALCS this past fall, uh, and that, uh, that double ejection when Adolis Garcia Garcia got uh, intentionally hit. Um, Play some defense. Sorry, this, I know you, you. You finally you like you scratch and claw and finally get get a a decent offensive possession and score some points, only to then like immediately give up an easy drive and bucket. Oh yeah, um, not not touched. Yeah, go get get ah. Oh my gosh, could you like? I'll take it, Joe. Joe. I mean, I like aggressive Joe. I like I like Joe Toussaint shooting nine shots instead of oh my two. God. Do we want to talk about Kansas? I'm sorry, everybody listening. This is. <laughs> I I started talking about uh, Calvin Sampson. And, uh, and then you start I, talking I, about the Astros. I, I appreciate it. Well, because I was talking about like I, I wish he had stayed on the court longer and and and, and really let them have it. Uh, how Dusty Baker sat there after his ejection <clears throat> and like made security come and get him. Like oh. <laughs> made it awkward ejected, for just, everybody. Just, yeah, just 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 ham it up, dude. Um, get out your phone. All right, so start playing some games. This one sucks. All right. What are they going to do? Eject me? <laughs> um, following Saturday, you get a quick turnaround Monday night, 8 p.m. Uh, you're hosting Kansas, um, 8 p.m. ESPN. Ken Palm, 15. Adjusted offense, 24. Adjusted defense, 19. Uh, Haslam has it at a, as 13th. Uh, a real close uh Toss-up projection at, at this point, uh, 0.3 points difference separate uh, Kansas and, and you in the points differential there. Their last game was last night. They lost to Kansas State in overtime. Tyler Perry found a shot in overtime uh, to put them away 75-70. Um, interestingly enough, Michael, I don't know if you saw this, uh, Hunter Dickinson in the post-game press conference was asked about a specific foul call <laughs> and he said, I don't know how that, how that's a foul or, or vice or whatever way it went. He's like, I don't know how that's not a foul. Um, just like the comments he got roasted. Like, well, to be fair, uh, and, and at the fog, it would not have been a foul <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Um, so yeah. Uh, I, I mean, 
I do and I don't appreciate the Schadenfreude just dunking on on Kevin McCuller, but like Man, four of the yeah. five overtime possessions he had his hands on it and came up empty all four of those times. Can we talk about uh, that a little bit? I mean, that was just. I think some of these tech fans, man, you guys need to get, get over it. It was two years ago. We've seen what kind of possible disaster the staff was behind the scenes then. And that was all that was in my feed this morning because I didn't watch the game live. So there were a ton of tech fans glued to the Kansas state, Kansas game to take a huge dump on Kevin McCuller. That was just all in my Twitter, and I couldn't believe it. It's like, guys, this yeah. was this is is it's been a while. It's been a minute. The man is averaging almost twenty points a game and seven rebounds. He's got thirty four steals on the season. Forty seven percent from the field on the season. He's had a rough night. Well, he played like, great. Is, he played great for Texas Tech. Just let it go. Good night. Eighth or ninth year in college basketball. <laughs> that's that's fair. No, it's not. Yeah. That, not that bad. Uh, Hunter Dickinson also right behind him in terms of scoring. I think they're one and two in in, uh, in scoring. Eighteen point yep. nine points per game. They were just hammering that home. The little bit I was watching, they combined for like thirty nine points a game. Uh, Eleven rebounds, thirty blocks. He's shooting 58% from the field, 35 from three. Um, KJ Adams is if they didn't have enough, like just deadly guards. KJ Adams, 13 (laughs) points per game, five rebounds, 63% from the the field. Doesn't take any threes, two two on the year. Um, Not a great free throw shooter, 61%. And then Kansas always seems to have this kind of guard. Like, crafty fast you would think he would like score a whole lot more points than he does Dewan Harris seven points a game but seven assists a game 36 steals uh, and shoots 45 percent from three yeah so he, he's obviously not shooting a lot from beyond the arc but he's lethal when he does but seven almost seven assists a game Spencer facilitator He's yeah. going to find the open guy. He's going to make you pay. This offense is well, nuts. I, I know that you with probably that kind of facilitator. Oh, they, they as a team, they shoot fifty one percent from the field. That's where I was going. Yeah, fifty one percent. Thirty six from three. Yeah, they average thirty seven rebounds a game. They're about eight even in terms of turnovers themselves versus what they force the opponents, just about 12. We talked about their assist to turnover ratio, 1.7. So, hey, uh, McCaslin, I, I think down 12 with two minutes ago is a little late to be uh, trying to push. Oh, oh my gosh. Isaac just airballed a corner for me. I mean, I think since he told the crowd to hush, he's made like one basket. And, and Tech yeah, is, may, has collectively made four or something like that. Maybe maybe don't, don't like... Oh, and then he's late on a closeout. Luckily, he misses an open three shot, but... Oh, come on, Chance. Ah, he rattled in. All right, oh, down by nine. Thank you. 
Yeah, banana. Let's go right where we want them, Michael. <laughs> we have no timeouts, and we're down by nine. Baylor has four timeouts. Not worried about it. The Waco Bears want. Waco Bears have got a lot, a lot of things coming to them. Um, yeah. So I don't feel really good about this Kansas game. How do you feel about it? Do you think there's? I mean, they host uh, they host Baylor Saturday, ago. so we'll have a, a direct comparison, a direct close comparison. So they they host Baylor Saturday, five o'clock on ESPN. So those of you who are really interested in seeing if Kevin McCullough plays poorly, you'll have to make sure you time it to where you don't miss the end of the Tech game. Because I know there might be some people who would rather see that than the end of the Tech game versus UCF. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something. I, I don't remember. Not, <laughs> Sorry. Not, 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 not great. You don't feel good about the uh, Kansas game? No, I, no. That, that, okay. That's where it was. I, about this time a week ago, I would have I would have felt better. Or I, I did feel better about your chances here. Um, but losing to who was it last week? Cincinnati. No, that was on Saturday. Who was it in the midweek? <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever hobo team we lost to last Tuesday. <laughs> Uh, Who the hell is we, it? We shouldn't we shouldn't have lost these last two games. Three now. Well, the, this one I guess is a little more excusable, but just go back to January. I hate oh, it's TCU. Oh, there we go. Yeah. You should like Hobo you, we, team. We, well there were long stretches of that game where you felt like you you should have won that game. Losing by seven sucks. Um, then you come home. Granted, your your diminished capacity with with the illness going to the team that night, lingering a little bit tonight too. Obviously, if you're missing Warren Washington. Um. But yeah, like you're gonna go lose three in a row. Hopefully you can bounce back versus UCF, but then you've got Kansas and then Iowa state on the road. Oh yeah. That's so you great. could go one in five and then you get TCU back at home on the road at UCF home versus Texas. Hey, but hold your horses here because Joe Toussaint's at the free throw line, Texas Tech's only down eight. He made the first one down uh. seven. <laughs> With the a minute and back and five iron. seconds. Yeah, that one, that was a, uh, I did not mean for the pause to be that pregnant. It just took a while to get, to, to find where it needed to go. Find the net. Tucson on his second one. Again, tech with no timeouts. <laughs> Swishes right. that one. Down six two, with a minute. Two possession game. Two possession game right now. Minute and five. Tex only shot six free throws this half. Hit four of them. Baylor shot 12. They've hit 10 of them. <laughs> Excuse uh, me. A little, little, little full court pressure here. 
Okay. And a foul. All right. And that's the double bonus, so they'll be shooting too. Okay. I is there, is there anything else we can talk about while this game wraps up? Because I'm I'm nervous about this game. I have nervous energy. Uh, we, we were we were looking ahead uh, and not understanding uh, what this sketch is going to look like or what it's going to do to us <clears> the next. Um, th- th- this little stretch could prove to be just deadly. Like it, it, it couldn't knock you out. Like you, you get a, a, I guess a break when you, you host TCU, but not if Micah PV shoots 90% from three again or, yeah. um, all the crap that went on in Fort Worth that helped that, uh, you would think that that's not, not a, a repeat repeatable performance, but who knows? You don't, you don't play defense. So, um, <laughs> You do then travel on the road to UCF. Yet Texas, who seems to be surging after Rodney Terry threw his horns down fit. Well, and then they lost to Iowa State tonight at home. Yeah, well, they were talking about how Iowa State was a meat grinder. Corn grinder. Your schedule in, in March, marginally better. Although you have to travel to West Virginia, travel to Oklahoma State. So you get the two worst teams, but you get them on the road. And then home again versus Baylor. So Texas Tech's down by eight again. It's a game After of runs, the, Michael. The double bonus. Drained them both. I, I know it's skipping around a little bit, but I'm going to rant again about the net rankings because yes, once again, once again, guys, figure it out. Is Kansas State a QT, Q2 or Q3 win? Make up your mind, quad gods, because last week, Texas Tech was 1-0 in Q2 wins and 3-0 in Q3 and this week they're 0 and 0 in Q2 wins. They haven't played a Q2 team all year. But they're 4 and 0 in Q3. Come on. Kansas State just a- beat Kansas. Are they Q2 or not? How, how often are the the quad rank of the net rankings updated? I don't know. I only check them every Tuesday. <laughs> but I I don't know. I think they're updated quite a bit because I know that I keep up with what we were previously the last time I checked, and usually the previous they have is different from the one I have, so I think they're updated pretty often. I would say twice. I'd say like Thursday and Sunday or something. That would make sense. So Toussaint hits a, the the prayer of a throw-up shot as he's getting fouled and then makes the free throw, brings it foul, to within foul, foul. five. Are we going to foul or not? What are we doing? What are we what? doing? Wasting all we this time. We gotta let time. him get across the ball. Oh my god! To a wide open person. <sighs> now we foul. You gotta be twenty seconds. Twenty seconds. <sighs> no, sorry, thirteen seconds. It, it felt like forever. McCaslin's like, "What are you guys doing?" It, that is infuriating. If you're gonna do it, freaking do it. 
wait till they cross half court and the guy just stands there and waits for you to come grab and his then McMillan's like if I dip you I, dip we do, dip like do I, do I do I do this yes you go like foul let's go <sighs> um yeah he made the first one makes the first uh stat broadcast is ahead he will miss the second one oh okay that's good text attack rebounds but then oh, I kind of like I, that we, when stat broadcast is ahead oh and then Toussaint fouls and turns the ball over fantastic <laughs> I love I love our that? guard plays. Oh yeah, that's an offense. Oh my foul. gosh! <laughs> you throw your hands up like of of any of the times they're actually going to call a charge. That was like you barreled into him head down and extended your arm. Like that's as, like as textbook of a charge as you can get. And <laughs> when, when they don't want to call charges. Well, this fan doesn't believe it. He's he like, oh, what are it. you doing? What? That's bad. So bad. His, his, his lips are saying. <laughs> You're right. That was bad. That was a bad move on Joe Toussaint. Oh, that fouled him out, too. I knew he was playing close. Me? He's fouled out two games in a row. Hey, at least tonight he has got 18 points. Instead of just two. Yeah, I mean, seriously. He's seven or eight from the line. I'm telling you, he shot 10 times. Give me, give me Toussaint shooting nine or 10 times a game. Oh my gosh. The the dude's got to get it back. Are we we fouling intentionally or not? (laughs) McCaslin's yelling at him, foul him. It was like, oh my gosh. Like (sighs) McMillan, what, what the F dude? You were on him. This is this is infuriating to watch. This this collapse. And not that like you you were you were makes the first, misses the second, Isaacs turns the ball over. Oh no. Could could, could it have yeah, been any it. like because of course it has okay. to be a guard with a, with a turnover. Let's see. Does, does he throw it away into the stands, or does he run somebody over? He he, threw, he throws it way behind. McMillan cutting to the basket. <laughs> McCaslin just screamed, "What are you doing?" Oh, and then uh, D five or foul. But we let eight seconds run off. We can't. Oh, and it went to another player. Oh my gosh. Just stop fouling. This is horrendous. Like, this is so bad that like you're, you're obviously trying to intentionally foul, but let's let them run off 10 seconds at a time. Okay. So they missed the free throw, but Baylor dead ball rebound. What? I don't know. Uh, it's about to go final. Well, there, final. 79-73. That's pathetic, dude. The way that this team can't like figure out how to end a game, like everybody knows you foul. Like you're in a you're in the position to, to have to foul. 
Why, why are we letting them run so much time off the clock? Yeah, and then at the end of the game, we just let them run it out. But like the three possessions before that, when you were trying to intentionally foul, <laughs> oh, the handshake line was 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 brutal. Uh, Scott Drew is, is giving people the elbow. I'm, I'm going to confess something, Michael. I have no idea how long I've been talking to myself. <laughs> I was looking down. At well, the, mine at the, did that thing. Mine yeah. did that thing where, that it did to us a while back where it said I lost internet, but I was still streaming the game. Yeah, same here. So I have no idea what that means. And then now I see that there's two of you. You can't see the second of you, but there's two of you. But oh, well. So instant reaction time. Do we want to talk about this game that much? <laughs> I was I want to uh, just for, for your sake. I was just I was, I thought it was amusing that Scott Drew was going through the line the first couple guys and giving elbows. Oh, shaking hands. Yeah, the elbows. Yeah, I noticed that. I don't I blame think, him. You, you, I wouldn't want to. I don't want to catch that crap either. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Grant, can you uh, can you mask up? Can you mask up a little bit before you, you run uh, through and talk to my player? Actually, can you just you just go to the bus? <laughs> Hey, hey, Grant! I I need you to give like a close hug to every single one of their players and tell them how much you you miss uh, coaching and playing for the University of Baylor. Just get right up in their face and tell them what a what a meaningful experience it was for you. Yeah, you know, thirty something years ago. Try some water. So, are we going to have to suffer the? Uh, are Scott Drew and Grant McCaslin pretty close in age? Are we going to have to suffer the whole? Thing from Baylor fans where well eventually you know if McAshlin's ever given the chance to come back to Baylor he's going to come back. Let's see. Everyone, uh, everyone who said that about Chris Beard was right. <laughs> uh, Scott Drew is six years older. Okay, was. all right. Well, I mean, there's there's a chance there. Well, um, I didn't. I didn't expect Tech to win this game. I. It's painful that it was as it kind of got as close as it did again at the end, and so that's what makes it frustrating, especially for Tech to have battled like they did. And they even mentioned it in the the halftime show about how Tech kind of brought the tempo. They took it to Baylor. I agree with that, but then I think. No pun intended. They ran out of gas. They don't have a lot of. They didn't have a lot of experienced players that they could use tonight. And foul trouble got him early. Had to s- swap some guys out. It. It is what it is. Uh, but What's, yeah, when you go on the road and it's against a team that shoots forty nine point five percent from the field, uh, it's it's going to be a tough win, no matter what. What blows my mind, Michael. Uh, granted, the game ends like like with with there's a six point differential here. So like the stats being close plays out if you look at the final score. If you look at the box score, Texas Tech shot better than Baylor, forty nine point one to forty. Sorry, forty nine point one to forty nine. Uh, you had a better three point percentage, oh, yeah, nine of twenty two for forty point nine percent to five of eighteen for Baylor, which is twenty eight percent. You shot the same percentage from the free throw line. They had 32 attempts. They doubled you up there. You had 12. Sorry, 16. Um, out-rebounded you by nine. Uh, yeah, you had 25 fouls of their 15. Three turnovers of their 11. Oh, sorry. 
There's a three turnover difference. You had 14, they had 11. Um, three steals to their nine. Yeah, they were poking at the ball all night. They, they called a couple of fouls on those, which I think they should have. Uh, but I do think they got away with some some stuff because they were, man, they were jabbing. <laughs> they were jabbing big time at the ball. But it was it was going to be a tall order no matter what, even if Washington was there and healthy. I do think it would have been a little bit cleaner of a game, but I also think Tech was honestly fortunate to catch Baylor on such an off night from three because the oh it could have been just yeah astronomically bad especially in the first half I mean the shot selection was pretty good it's not like Tech's defense kept him from making them they just airmailed him completely thankfully yeah. they were three of 13 from three in the first half two of five in the second half yeah so Drew's like stop stop <laughs> Stop throwing up threes. Like, I, again, they weren't bad shots. Like they, 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 they weren't like bad looks. I like like Pop Isaac's throwing it from uh, the the sponsor logo from you know halfway between the three point line and half court. Um, but only took five attempts in the second half. Um. Shot 60% from the field in the second half versus the 38% from the first half. Um, they got a lot more aggressive. Oh, and then, and then of course, they had a lot of, a lot of um, free free throws with the way that Tech was fouling at the end, although they were doing it so stupidly. Um, really, really had the, the, the rebound advantage in the first half. It was 20... Um, 20 to 12 in the first half and then yeah, 13 just 12 in the second half. Never really recovered from that. So with that, Texas Tech moves to five and four in Big 12 play. And that will scoot them down to, let's see, they lost to TCU. So they'll swap play. So they'll be sixth in the Big 12 right now. With uh, UCF coming in, UCF is four and five, and they are 11th right now. But yeah, that, that vaults Baylor up to, I can't remember if they beat Iowa State or not or if they've even played them this year, but they have the same, they'll have that the same was six this, and three record. That, that, that was the, the controversial game this weekend where Drew got ejected. Oh, okay. That's right. So Iowa state will stay at second. Baylor will be third as of this moment in time. Yeah. Baylor and Iowa state are tied for second. Kansas third TCU and tech are tied for fifth or whatever that would be well hang on this may not include iowa state's win tonight yeah this is an updated because houston's now eight and three iowa state's seven and three baylor's six and three never mind i was looking at the big 12 yeah come but on ESPN. come on your mark let's let's update the uh basketball standings let's get a little, little faster uh let's talk about football for half a second yeah 
What's some some what's weirdness up? happened? <laughs> Offensive what's... line coach Stephen Hamby. It was reported and confirmed not returning in twenty twenty four. Fired Correct. on Monday. What do you Which make of the timing of this? Well, one Monday's a weird day to fire somebody. Um, I I have no idea. Uh, what are they even doing now? Recruiting? Well, had you not filled your class with the early signing period, uh, National Signing Day is tomorrow, but you're done. Um, like you didn't have any other any other high school guys left to sign. I think the the I think the class is full. You're leaving it open possibly for some late additions over the summer in terms of like transfers, but yeah, so you're out recruiting. You're 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 hosting uh you had a camp this weekend. You had a bunch of guys on campus. Um rumors are there was some strife this weekend that he was either not there or not there when he was supposed to be, uh, or he was late. I don't know. But he was seen at like the basketball game or whatever it was. Um, hosting some players, but then yeah, Monday it's like oh, uh, I, it was broken on 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 the the boards by like not staff. It was some random guy. It's like I'm I'm hearing smoke that a uh, Hamby might be out. Yeah, which everyone's gonna go in February. Like what? <laughs> on, yeah, sure, on a Monday sure. afternoon. Like okay, dude. And then it yeah, comes okay. out like staff's like uh, actually we're starting to hear the same thing. Well, and you start to think, well, what what happened? Did he get in trouble with the law, or did, did, did something happen this weekend yeah. on, on this big recruiting weekend? That because, like, yeah, weird timing, right? So uh, now, okay. now you're in the market for a new offensive line coach. Yeah, and um, I have a a quick update from Don Williams' article that was posted in the Discord in the Gambling Gauchos Discord. I think Rob actually posted it. Uh, a tech athletic spokesman said Hamby was terminated without cause. So under the terms of Hamby's contract, tech must pay him 70% of the remaining value of the deal and monthly installments beginning a month from the termination date. The buyout obligation, however, is reduced dollar for dollar by Hamby's earnings from any subsequent job during the term of the contract, which runs through January 2025. So any money he makes at his new job reduces Tech's buyout obligation. Okay. Yes. Fairly favorable for Texas Tech. <laughs> right. Assuming he gets a job. Yes. And they will only have to pay him 70%, but, you know, he could just hang out for a year if, if he wanted to. But that I know that's not how coaching works. It's not good to yeah. just... And I feel like the longer you're out, the more likely you're, you are to fall off of everybody else's board. Yeah. But it's very interesting. So candidates, you were talking about that before I interrupted you. Sorry. Well, I don't have any candidates. Oh, okay. I don't um, either. <laughs> I got nothing. I'm not on the offensive lineman scene. I don't know who's available in freaking February. I mean, you would think if, if, if coaches were to, were to be moving, I think a lot of people, would, a lot of head coaches and, and, and um, directors of personnel like want, want everybody in place until signing day is over. So you don't get any last minute weirdness of, of poaching or tampering or anything like that. So you may see a few more guys move around at the end of this week with the, the second day of, of, of the signing period um, coming around tomorrow. Well, I don't know. Um, 
I, I don't know who you want. I don't know who you can go get. I just wanted to bring it up since it's tech stack related and yeah. we're in the market for, like I said, for a new coach. It's interesting as all get out. I saw a lot of people saying there's only one possible candidate and it's Brandon Carter and he's, he's already in town. He lives here. He's still, and he, and he, he does. He, he, he trains yeah. and coaches because my nephews train with him. Um, I used to see him at Zach's like, club, but I had no idea it was him because he's like a hundred pounds lighter and doesn't have spiky hair and eye black. Yeah. I mean, besides him being like six, seven, that too. And like no, I, I was like, pounds. that's a big dude. I, I, I bet he played somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he played at my alma mater when I was there in the stands as a student. Okay. Yeah. My bad. I've seen him play. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, I don't know. I, I I'm I'm not I'm not tied to having a, a Texas Tech guy there. I think can we get we, can we get the mayor? Can we get the mayor to come back and maybe he can? I know he's was a defensive lineman, but he could learn how to coach offensive linemen. Are you talking about the player, the mayor? Yeah. Well, why am I blanking on his name? The Hutchings, or is it Bradford? Which one was it? I was counting on you. Oh gosh, to know for sure. <laughs> Jalen Hutchings Either. also played running back, so uh, let's have him be the run game coordinator, offensive line coach, run game coordinator. Yeah, he knows something about about that. Yeah, that side of the ball, like all time. Yeah. All-time leading rusher for the forty Jackrabbits, which I'm making up by the way. He's not, but um, he was a forty Jackrabbit. Great um, mascot, top tier from a, a school right down the road from from my my alma mater. Um, briefly, Michael, did you see the the UIL realignments? Do you have any thoughts on that, real quick? Oh no, it was man. I meant to look up. I got to see where my Merkel Badgers landed. Well, no, I saw some discourse about it, but I really don't know, especially in the Metroplex. I know very, very little about what that means. So feel free to enlighten me. Um, well, see, I want to see, I want to see that updated. Okay. So for six, a in, in the Metroplex, just, just, um, oh, that is not helpful at all. The, the the UIL website has like an interactive map and it's like that's that doesn't I I want to just give hmm. me the names is Merkel is Merkel a 3A again they've been going back and forth I can't find uh it. okay so 6A division or sorry district 10 yeah Forney, Longview, North Forney, Rockwell, Royce City, Rockwell, Heath, Tyler, Legacy. Those are a bunch of teams that were in our division when I was in high school. Um, oh, because here's what it was. Uh, the Mesquite, well, two of the Mesquite 6As got moved into the, the division with Cedar Hill, Skyline, DeSoto, Duncanville, Lancaster, Waxahachie, but it's the other ones that are going to be like just a gauntlet. So, best of luck to, to you, fine gentlemen. 
I got <laughs> skeet high school, so I have to deal with that. Because, uh, like I said, our 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 division was Rockwall, Rockwall Heath, um, Longview, and Tyler. Y'all had to go to Longview mm-hmm. and Tyler. Yeah, it was an hour and a half drive. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Which is short compared to some of the drives out, like what it is now. I mean, uh, of course it was. Yeah, that's not that far from from the Metroplex. I don't know what I was thinking either from where I grew up or where I live now. And I was just thinking, my goodness, that's that's Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, District two is Midland, Midland Legacy, Odessa, Odessa, Permian, San Angelo, and Friendship. In terms of six A. Um, of note locally, uh, Abernathy dropped down from three A to two A. Mm. Um, my nephews play for Abernathy. They were uh, my my brother in law said, "Yeah, we're, we're we were the smallest three A. We didn't have a we didn't even have a Sonic." <laughs> I was like, "Is is that how is that how you measure like how big a town is?" Um, we were the but, that, that was that was Merkel's code of honor for years supposedly we were the smallest three in the state or one of the smallest for a long time and then after i graduated they did go to 2a a little bit and i see yeah. this year they're a 3a now and i don't know what they were last realignment yeah. so is in 2a division one district two abernathy floyd Ada, new deal new home olton and post Ooh, from tough. a geography standpoint it makes a lot of sense because when Heck they were yeah, in their other other uh when they were in 3A, they were playing a lot of games up in Amarillo. Um, and then they had like Lockney, um, just other, other, just long drives. I don't know. I, I blanked there. Also, locally two. for division conference 5A, division two, my district, the Lubbock Cooper Pirates are in district two of division two playing Abilene Cooper. Abilene Wiley, Amarillo Paladuro, Plainview, Wichita Falls Legacy, and Wichita Falls Memorial. Which feels like what they have done. I know. That doesn't feel very different. I, I knew they've been in Abilene Cooper and Abilene Wiley's district recently. Uh, the Cooper Cougs. Is, is Wichita Falls Legacy, Wichita Falls Memorial, is one of those rider I so don't know. They were in a district with them, but they—I don't think they, they weren't in the district with with Plainview. Um, but they did play Abilene Cooper, so it was weird when then Abilene Cooper and Lubbock Cooper played each other. Yeah, I don't know if there was much movement on five <clears throat> A Division One. You've got District Two with Lubbock, Lubbock Coronado, Lubbock Monterey. <clears throat> Excuse me, playing Amarillo Tescosa, Amarillo Caprock, Amarillo. And Abilene. So the the I twenty seven I twenty conference there. The 84, 84 27 conference. Uh, it's because everybody's dying to know since I mentioned it. Here's who Merkel <laughs> will be playing. I'm sure everybody was wanting to know. So the Mighty Merkle Badgers are in Conference 3A, Division 2, starting next season. They will be playing Cahoma, Odessa Compass Academy, 
San Angelo Grape Creek, which they've been in, in and out of Merkel's district for decades now. Stanton and Wall. Speaking of jackrabbits, aren't Wall the jackrabbits? Is that right? Wall? Who are they? I don't know. No, they're not the jackrabbits. I found my, my other high school. They're in 5A Division One. I thought they went to 6A, so North Mesquite. Um, they're in 5A, like I said, 5A Division One, District 6, with Carrollton Creekview, Carrollton Smith, Carrollton Turner, Dallas Adams, Dallas Molina, Dallas Sunset, Dallas White, North Mesquite, West Mesquite. West Mesquite was 4A, so they moved up to 5A. North Mesquite was 6A, moved down to 5A. On the map, it's like a like a arrow shape where they could have or should have just picked up Highland Park and dropped off uh, one of the Dallas schools. Because then the district to the south of them as like it's crescent shaped, except for this little point that juts out to grab Highland Park. It's the wall Hawks, by the way. I knew everybody was, oh, there was screaming in their car, but tell me, so how many games do you play in a district with that many teams? Does is it a round robin, or are there kind of some divisions or something? That just seems like a lot of a lot of district games. I think you don't play everybody. That would make sense. I don't know because there would. are going to be some some districts that are bigger than others. Like so, like the one I was just going off had like eight teams in it. Yeah, we have a seven game district schedule. Yeah, others only have like five teams in the district. You only have a four game district schedule. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. So I don't know. I I just was just curious if you had kept up with your your alma mater, see how they moved. I truly meant um, to. I'm I'm glad that you asked because that gave me the chance to look it up. Because when all that was coming out, I wanted to check because it's always been interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, we will not have a baseball update this week. We're going to do it next week update preseason previews all that kind of stuff predictions and then get you ready for the weekend series um in arlington home of the world champion texas rangers yeah the world champion texas rangers don't look at my hat now um the (laughs) one more thing just because i said arlington it cracked me up um i heard it this morning so dallas was not selected for the world cup final but they're going to host the most number of World Cup matches. And I say Dallas. I, I mean Cowboys I, know, I was about to say, how many will Dallas, Texas host? None. None. Here's okay. the thing. Uh, apparently, FIFA has a, a rule that their stadiums can't be corporate sponsors. <laughs> so they, they won't be able to call it AT&T Stadium. They're not going to call it Cowboy Stadium. <laughs> what are they going to call it? Dallas Stadium. Oh, that is hurtful. That is a shot to the heart of all Tarrant Countyans, Arlington Arlingtonians. Apologies, like even to, apologies to Chase if he's listening and his dad. Apologies to uh, the, the Viceroy of Tarrant County, Kyle Jacobson. That is not fair to the the the, the citizens of Arlington. Yeah, to get lumped in with Dallas. But oh, you know. come on. Dallas yeah. Cowboys don't don't play in Dallas. They play in Arlington. Yeah, but they're the, the Dallas, Dallas Cowboys. They're the Dallas Cowboys of Arlington. Yeah, like the Los Angeles. Angels yeah, that's of exactly it. Yep. 
I got it. I got it. All right. Let's wrap this up with what do we learn, Michael? What do you say? Okay. Yeah. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. We both have uh, food updates. You want to go first? I do. I, I would like okay. to declare that I am so back. I've got the uh, I've, got, I've got the pork butt mojo back, man. The last couple I did were lackluster. One of them I strayed from the injection, which was <gasps> how could you? I don't know. It was it was not since good. you since you turned me on to that. I had I also strayed from it once. I was like, nope, never again. <laughs> Never again. So this time I went back to, I have a notebook and I went back to my notebook and I was like, I'm doing this exactly like I did it last time where I wrote, this was great. Don't change anything. You big dumb idiot. And then the next time I was like, Oh, I don't think I really need the injection. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You do. It's fantastic. It helps. It makes a big difference. So good. Sauce is truly optional, which I love sauce. I love barbecue sauce. Mm -hmm. Um, but with this, um, I, so I did, I did pork butt and then I did mustard as a binder. I put this Carolina rub some butt seasoning on it. That's the, that's my go-to. That's all I use for pulled pork. And it's a mustard based kind of vinegar, s- spicy seasoning. Hmm. And it turned out great. Um, I think my thermometer is kind of weird. So I left it on, I trusted my gut. And I left it on a little bit longer and I tried a different thermometer and it wasn't quite reading as high as my wireless one. I think that messed me up last time too. I think that wireless one, I trusted it way too much. And it 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 told me after like six or seven hours it was done. And so I pulled it and it was just impossible. I mean, it was just an epic fail. We oh, ate no. some of it and we froze <laughs> it with a lot of barbecue sauce, but then after how good this one turned out, my wife was like, I think I'm going to throw away, throw away. <laughs> the stuff we we froze. It's like, yeah, I, I think that's fair. So anyway, I'm back, man. Got the, had, had people over. Everybody liked it. We made sandwiches, um, had some leftovers the next day and then froze the rest of it in two big Ziploc bags that we can thaw later. And I experimented with salt lake is my go-to barbecue sauce um, for pulled pork. That was great with it. But then I, on a whim, when the last, when I did ribs a while back, I bought this chicken and ribs sauce from HEB. It's that, it's their store brand called Marks. Anyway, I really like their, they have like a, a, a black pepper barbecue sauce. That's really great with brisket. And so I thought, well, I'll try their chicken and rib sauce. It was okay with the ribs. I prefer the glaze way better. But man, it popped with this pork. It was super good with the pulled pork. So anyway, I'm just very thrilled. There's something so fulfilling about getting a piece of meat like that for 99 cents a pound. (laughs) Right. And then just feeding like six, eight people with it and then having leftovers (laughs) And eating it twice before you froze the leftovers. And anyway, just feel like you accomplished something. There were some bites that were actually a little salty for me, but they, they were far enough in between that I, I still felt felt okay about it. Hey, I'm, That's I'm it. so sorry. That's what I, I learned. I have to pee. I'm like about to burst. <laughs> I'll keep it rolling. So the injection, 
for those of you who are really who really want to know i don't have it on me but i can tell you what was in it if you if you dm me or something on on the twitter at michael underscore lbk i will share it with you but it's basically a combination of apple juice and sugar and a little bit of water and salt and Worcestershire Worcestershire sauce. And then you just take that, inject it into the pork butt, basically while the grill's heating up. And then I put the seasoning on or the binder and the seasoning, throw it on the grill till it gets to about 165, 170 internal, wrap it in foil. Let it go all the way up to 202, 203, kind of whatever feels right. And then pull it immediately and shred it apart. When I wrapped it in foil this time, I did actually add a little bit of apple juice to the foil. Not much, just a little bit. And a little bit more rub. Um, But, you know, I don't always add more stuff to it. Anyway, I shared... um, I shared with Spencer my rib method. And so I think he had a decent, decent successful weekend with, with the rib method I shared with him. Is, is, is that, is that the case Spencer? Would you say that's accurate? Yeah. I, I had, um, previously been using the, the three, two, one method on ribs and, uh, found out one, uh, through experience, but also just through, from people I trust on YouTube saying, Hey, that's, um, uh, you're actually way overcooking your ribs when you do that can confirm. Uh, so I, I, I use Michael's, uh, recipe. He, he sent it to me. I tried it. There were parts of this rack of ribs that I think were still a little overdone. Um, yeah. but there were, for instance, if there were 12 ribs on this rack, nine of them were able to be cut and you could hold it by the bone and the meat not fall off. There was a bite to it where you could take a bite and the meat would, the rest of the meat would stay on the bone. I appreciated that. I think, uh, I don't know when I would pull it off any sooner or what I would do differently, but I, it still felt like it, I went a little long on it. Yeah, part of that. I felt that too with with mine. I feel like there's there's something to tweak to get it just a little bit less fall off the bone. And maybe it's it's only like an hour in the foil because the maybe the, so the the recipe. <clears throat> excuse me, the Michael sent was two and a half hours unwrapped, hour and a half in foil, and thirty minutes unwrapped, and where and where you can add a uh, glaze or whatever sauce at the end. Um, last twenty minutes. Which I did, and I also put liquid or things that would turn into liquid in the wrap uh, to baste it, and, and maybe that that that's that attributed to some of it too. But probably could do less time on the wrap, um, and then finish it off. But much much better ribs. Um, they looked still, great. Still want to tweak it a little bit, yeah. And then part of it may also be my smoker. I I've been I've been struggling with it the past few cooks where it would like it would take a long time to get started and then it would take a really long time to shut down um and also there were times when like smoke would be coming out of the pellet hopper i was like there's a fire in the auger it's like something bad like it's backing up well that's the wrong way brother (laughs) so 
I started the smoker and it like was not heating up. There was like just smoke billowing out of this thing. It was like, that's, that's way too much smoke. Uh, well, it's a co- it was a cold it morning, maybe. <laughs> it it was does, like I mean, noon. truly. <laughs> oh, okay. Well. Um, and so I, I, I get in there and then like, I, I, I take off the grate, I take off the, the grease drain thing. And then there's like, at that point I could see there's, flames coming out i was like that that feels a little that feels a little excessive because i was gonna take like the little heat deflector off and like mess with the the pot i was like i'm just gonna gonna blow some of the excess stuff off and just let it do its thing and let it kind of settle once i did that it seemed to run smoothly um but then like after it was done like i i i, I tore the, the smoker apart and tatered I, I took everything back out of it um the firebox had like probably a couple inches yeah of not even just like ash but like the hard crusty stuff that like yes. had been there for a minute i know um, i was i was going to i was going to chime in and be like yeah that's i learned that you've got to vacuum that out probably every four or five cooks or so if you've got a shop vac that's been the best way that I get in there and, and clean that out and get all the ash was, and stuff out of there. It made a big difference because mine went hand. out. Mine completely went out on me one time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's done crap. To me before too. I was yeah. like, is, is this thing dying on me? Like, is yeah, the going was, out? Is something? That was what I thought too. And, and so whatever I had, I think it was a brisket or a pulled pork or something. And I'd already wrapped it. So I was able to finish it in the oven. That crisis was averted. But the whole time I was like, oh man, is my, giant easy bake smoker out here is it is, is it just now a big trash heap or is there, do i have to get, replace the auger motor or whatever i got to do and then i just oh i just need to vacuum that out and then it's been great so i've kept up with that a lot better since then and have had have had no issues but the day i did my ribs last time they didn't turn out as good as the first time i did this method but it was because it was a much colder and windier day and so with my grill if i want 275 on a day like that i usually have to click it to 300 Mm. and i think sometimes it was actually getting close to 300 when it should anyway i feel like it dried them out a little bit too there was just a a lot of wind oh i also for my pulled pork i put a i had a a tin loaf pan one of those aluminum foil sorry an aluminum foil loaf pans full of water (laughs) tin loaf pan Sound like my grandma. It was all it was all ten back then, and it, yeah. it's it's always crazy to me whenever I fill something with water that I put on the grill. By the time the cook's over, there's just like half half of a centimeter of water standing in it. Yeah. So, I think one uh, the reduced cooking time on the ribs is definitely going to help. Uh, in terms of like operating the machine now, it should work a lot smoother. <laughs> it shouldn't back up or have any fires or have really slow starts. It, I was honestly surprised when I found out how deep the ash and just, yeah. like, just gunk was. Like, it's, it's even a miracle this thing even like fired up at all. Yeah. Um, because it has that little glow plug. What, so I, I'm, I'm sure they, they all work the same way, right? They, they auger the, the pellets in from the hopper on the side in this little tiny pot. And there's a little glow pl- plug uh, that'll start it. And there's a fan in there. And that, that's mm-hmm. about it. And then mm-hmm. a, as the temperature drops, it feeds more and more pellets in there, whatever. 
Yeah, the like fan kicks in more was, and yeah. It was like covered, like caked. Like there's <laughs> what how? How is this thing even still operating? Like it was it's impressive. Like, like I'm I'm honestly impressed. I have a, a knockoff brand, uh Z Grills, Z Grills brand, and I've had it for six years now. I've cleaned it twice. <laughs> <laughs> The second um, time was this weekend. The second time was was Monday. <laughs> um, you use it quite a bit too. I mean, that's I've that's been using it. Good. A, I probably use it more. You use it way more started, than I do. Started losing weight when we were like we started for whatever reason we started smoking a whole lot more uh, when we were doing that and meal prepping all that kind of stuff. It's e- easy to like as you're talking about the, the, the pulled pork. You can just make so much food at one time. Um, I probably use it more in this past eight months than I did in the, the five years before. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, long story short, not run that short. <laughs> clean your grills. Uh, clean your grill. I, I, I think it'll probably check run your, a whole lot smoother. Check your fire pellet pots. Yeah. Uh, uh, next on the list of smoke is going to be a brisket. So I'm like, well, I'm glad I got all that kind of figured out now. Oh yeah. I've been dying to do another brisket. I haven't done one in probably a year or two now. I th- the next on my list though is wings. We've mm. got some we've got some wings planned. Stupid chair is creaking so much. I, I don't get it. Like every time I like I just adjust. <laughs> it's not what you're thinking, guys. Get your mind on the gutter. All right. I've never had to take a mid episode pee break before. Just <laughs> just throwing that out there. Never had to like <laughs> I gotta go. I think but I like, have once. <laughs> Michael was talking about his pool pork. Is like, I'm gonna piss my pants. Oh, this then is I just gonna happen. I was just like dancing over here, like, oh, you, you it's radio gold, man. Because then I just <laughs> talked more in depth about my pulled pork while you were gone the whole time. And and see, I was trying to get to like a stopping point. I was gonna try to like pause the recording on the board, and I paused it. Then you kept going. I was like, but well, we're still recording at Riverside, so I'll just go back and use that. And when I sat down, when I meant to restart the board, it just it shut it off. I was like. <laughs> whatever yeah so like i'm trying to drink a lot of water but like dang i it, it hit me an hour and a half in it was like you're done yes your bladder will hold no more uh anyways that'll do it for us in the 23 personnel podcast um wrapping up our previews for ucf and kansas games coming up saturday monday instant reaction to the just bad it was just a, 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 a the way way it was going to go uh, it just, as most tech things do, uh, you you were tied and, and you felt like you 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 were in the game. You weren't, but you lose tonight to Baylor seventy nine seventy three. Back home Saturday Monday. Um, yeah, that'll do it for us. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.